0: We started it in school when we're surrounded by other designers and we saw an opportunity there to borrow everyone's superpower, basically, right? Like I wasn't good at graphic design, but there are people around me that were good. I wasn't good at fashion, etc. So we started it as a club. We're like, let's start a club so we could uh, collaborate with everyone. And whatever we do, whatever the result of that collaboration, we would start a blog and post it. And that session we had with them would be the Creative Session.
1: Commercial-wise, we have tons of products, like Nike Fuel Band, Amazon stuff, Bose headphones, like all of these products. But like, what can we do with Creative Session to just provoke thought and just push industrial design on a deeper, more emotional
0: level? Let's make one thing clear is that we continue to keep Creative Session as a conceptual space. Yeah. So On An and I continue to make conceptual work, not because we're incapable of producing, it's our only space to dream, 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 dream.
2: The ADAPT podcast is a show focused on entrepreneurship and paving one's own way in life. By shining a light on those who are taking unconventional career paths, we hope you'll find that the possibilities are endless should you only be willing to adapt. Welcome back to the ADAPT podcast. This is episode eight. I am Arno.
3: I am Evan. What up, everybody? Derek here.
2: And today we have two, not one, but two very special, <laughs> dos, two very special guests on the show. Two very talented industrial designers. They both work at Playground and they have their own endeavor going on as well called Creative Session. I'd like to introduce everybody to Huang and B
3: what's up welcome to the show thank you so much for being here on this rainy tuesday evening in san francisco
1: oh my god i'm so
3: excited
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we really appreciate you guys making the trek over here especially in the end this rainy day it's crazy
0: thanks for having us
2: so the cool thing is you guys are bringing a really different element to the show today you guys uh we haven't had anyone like you guys on the show uh, and before we get into anything too deep, let's, let's first just tell them what you guys do.
0: So we both went to CCA in San Francisco, California College of Arts, majored in industrial design. Um, industrial designer are a combination of an artist, I would say an artist and an engineer, right? Um, you, you take the artist craft and, and you learn about engineer and you combine the two and you create tangible goods we mainly work with either Fortune 500 companies or startups um, to develop physical goods for them and help realize ideas.
1: So we both started as architect students in high school. We we would always uh, see our our uncles drawing at home, doing charcoal renderings and all, all types of all types of drawings with all types of mediums. And at the time, we were still in I'd say like middle school or or just starting high school. I think that exposed us to architecture. So we were doing architecture in high school, and at that time, industrial design was nothing. Like we grew up in Portland, um, exposed to Nike, of course, and Adidas and th- and just like street culture up there. that's where, that's like the home of Nike, so, so everyone had fresh kicks all the time. like every week they'd have a new like someone would have have a new pair. So we were heavily influenced by, by just footwear culture and streetwear culture.
0: If you think about it, Tinker Hatfield came from Nike. Um, he also was an architecture um, by trade when he started. He then went on to design, what, the Jordan 3, 4, 5, Lots 11, of iconic 11, a lot, of, a lot of iconic Nikes, right? So, on touched on a good point is we did start as architectures. Um, we went to a technical school. It was, all, it was an all-boy board, boarding school, but it turned into sort of a more integrated school. Um, you get to choose your curriculum when you when you attend the four years so we took architecture because that's the only thing we knew that was sort of related to an industrial designer well
1: I mean at, at the time we we had no idea what an industrial designer yeah. was we, don't, didn't, don't. We, we only knew architect that's why um, when we graduated I jumped right into architect I was like oh I'm doing architect because this is this is what I love and this is
0: what I enjoy but uh, do you want to tell the story about Jason stopping by so High school, senior year, um, I was working on my portfolio, getting ready to go to college, obviously. And I had a classmate that uh, had a tutor. Her tutor's hu- husband at the time, or boyfriend, I can't remember. I think they were, they're married now, but her boyfriend at the time, the tutor's boyfriend came to visit our class. And um, the interesting thing was he was going through my um, work and he was an industrial designer at the time he went to the school in detroit called ccs um and he looked through my work and he was flipping through it and i had all these houses we did stuff for like habitat for humanity um we did a a bunch of conceptual work for the schools courtyard etc and he's flipping through it and he's like, dude, I noticed that you're designing the chairs in here and all your trash cans more and the lamps in your homes more than your actual house <laughs> or the actual building. Do you know what industrial design is? And I was like, I have no idea. I just, I was, I'm more intrigued by the product that lives in the house or the building or the, the unit than the physical building. So he's like, dude, you gotta look into industrial design and at the time, he just graduated from CCS and had a job with Jordan. So he was like, dude, spend the summer, come to Jordan, uh, we'll get you a pass, and you could just hang out. And uh, I'll help you work on your portfolio.
4: Sick! That's amazing.
0: Yeah, he he then went on to uh, write me a recommendation letter, and um, I went to CC. Yeah,
4: I was
1: I was in Portland at the time because I just I graduated a year after him, and I was still doing houses, drawing houses, buildings, and things like that. I had I had so much fun. That was like, that was life for me. I was I was set and ready, but then, the, this guy would. Uh, send back to Portland um photos of drawings of shoes just like sketches and sketches of shoes and just like cool little objects and I was like whoa dude like people actually design shoes well this is <laughs> this, this is really a thing um and then like sat around for a few months and then kept doing architecture and after a while I was just like fuck it, I need to go yeah. <laughs> move down and start schooling with him.
2: It is essentially, you know, in the same vein, it's like an architect of other objects, right? So is it It's is it easily transferable? You can take a lot of the skills that you learned in architecture and apply it to industrial design?
0: I, I think the the design principles we use in all design, it less is more, I th- it is always a good principle, but essentially, yeah, uh, the same example I just brought up is Tinker Hatfield, where he architecture went on to do shoes. Um, you draw a lot of the inspiration it's in the same way, right? Like he's like, I was inspired by a building or a dinosaur. Um, you do the same, uh, just a smaller scale. So I like to think of it as like uh, graphic design. You you're like designing in sort of like a micro environment, and then you get to sort of a, the scale grows as you right. as you. Uh, Get
2: up. Let's talk a little bit about Creative Session because that's like your guys's, you know, your brainchild and your joint project together. I know that you guys don't really, from what I remember from knowing you guys from several years ago, you guys don't really sleep. Every time I, you know, hung out with you guys, it was, you guys were always really active. You would wake up, you would say that you wanted to do something, you wanted to paint something, you wanted to build something, you wake up, you would go get the supplies, you would do it. And this was like all weekend. We
0: all do that, don't we?
2: Yeah. I mean, all everyone in this room, I think, does. Truth. But Definitely. not Not everyone.
0: I think the underlining meaning there that you're getting to is never sleep and work super hard. Put in the hours. Um, yes. Yeah. yes. 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 <laughs> That's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think we're, we're talking about what would be useful for sort of the plot of this, this show um, and how, how do you help kids or, or young adults or professionals to be a good entrepreneur, right? And I think Creative Session is a good example. We started it in school when we're surrounded by other designers, and we saw an opportunity there to borrow everyone's superpower, basically, right? Like I wasn't good at graphic design, but there are people around me that were good. I wasn't good at fashion, etc. So we started it as a club. We're like, let's start a club so we could uh, collaborate with everyone, and whatever we do, whatever the result of that collaboration, we'd start a blog and post it, and that session we had with them would be the creative session and it was honest and it was like really simple um and we're like let's let's see where we could go with this um it started out really ambitious and and this is another lesson is like a lot of startups come out swinging right like you're super ambitious and then you 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 hit you have this kind of bell curve where you like have all this energy you're going you're going you're going you get this top of your bell curve you are like at your climax you're like you have all this energy to um dispense and you you're willing to work hard and then you hit the slump um and that's kind of what happened with the club is like all these people were energized wanted to work but um time effort their own lives got in the way and and, and it became hard to especially being in school right because school was tough um so it eventually turned into just on and i We're like let's just have the creative session between us we'll just think of ideas and then launch it Uh, initially we did have like a few architectures and graphic design work um i'm pretty embarrassed about some of the work (laughs) that we did really early on but i think like
4: any of us we would be right yeah i think we're all embarrassed of the first some of the first work that we've done it's a
2: stepping stone it's fine own it yeah it got you where you are it's part of history but definitely so that that speaks to a, a very common theme on the show which is consistency is key so like even though you know like it, it, it is very hard for sure, when you have so many hands in the pot to, to stay consistent and to keep everyone engaged and to keep everyone just as committed as you are. Sometimes it's better to have like a small team, you know an intimate team, because then you can keep everybody uh, on board. And I think that that's, I think that that's really good that you guys kept it up for yourselves because it's probably better that way anyway.
3: You know I think ultimately, um, most of the people we've had on this show, um, including the, the guests and us, the hosts as well as a lot of the people listening, being an entrepreneur or carving your own path, whether you're a writer, paleo bar creator, world traveler, clothing designer, is ultimately, you're traveling as yourself too, right? So you're not just evolving your creative session or your product or your design, you're also evolving as a human. So ultimately, if you can figure out who you are and, and what you wanna contribute, and stick true to that core value that foundation it's easier to adapt it's easier to evolve the path might change but who you are and what you do is just reflected in a different form right different kind of art or totally whatever so i don't know where i was going with that but that was good um, good.
0: i think that's good. good yeah yeah um we didn't get really get into the details of what we eventually did with Creative Session. You want to talk about that?
1: In school, w- when we first started it, one of the first projects, uh, one of the first project
0: that we uh, that we started was SoundBulb.
2: I, I remember that one. I like that one.
0: Okay, so it may seem lame now because we're in a connected world and the Internet of Things is amazing um but at the time what 2007 2008 bluetooth dongles were new you know and like wi-fi was starting to be bomb. um so there was a i think there was like an altic lansing speaker that was sitting at our desk that like had broken and we're like oh shit like let's repurpose this and do something about it oh side note Industrial designers are really good about repurposing things and finding a solution for it or like creating sort of an opportunity. We did a lecture at CCA recently and um, they're sort of sophomore, junior students and they're trying to grasp the idea of industrial design but how do you get from point A to point B and finish a product? And I was trying to tell them that it's the same concept we're talking about now is you find an opportunity, you repurpose it and, and you have a product. Um, it's not about inventing the future. No one's asking you to Design a teleport machine to the students. I was like it's you take you repurpose and it's it's like at some point We had flip phones, right? Like nokia flip phones, whatever those are huge People were carrying around giant cameras and like it was obvious to combine the two, right? Like why do I it's so efficient it makes it way more efficient. I save everything on my phone I have a camera phone, so I like joked with the student. I was like you got a fucking phone And you got a camera (laughs) Uh." um but it was it was really primitive, it's super primitive, but it, it's essentially what industrial designers do, like bar none, like that's it. Like don't make it more complicated. So
2: you guys are essentially responsible for the evolution of products. I would
0: <laughs> think so. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, what the hell's his name? C. Lewis,
3: what's his name? C.S. Lewis.
0: C.S. Lewis. Clark oh. C.S. Clark, Clark Lewis. Hey, C. S. I need to look like this Clark up.
3: Explore. I need to know, what happened to the Alltech Lansing speaker? I cannot, this will keep me up. So
0: at the time, like I said, it, it, it's probably lame now because we're con- so connected, but at the time there was the broken speaker. So we took it apart and we're like, let's repurpose this and make it make it something interesting. Um, so with the creative session group, at, There was probably four or five of us at the time. We were just just sketching ideas. And then I had this idea where I was like, dude, we have lamps and light sockets everywhere in our house. Like, why don't we just add this speaker to this light socket and make it this like sound bulb. So so then we could just walk around the house,
1: screw all these sound bulbs into all the sockets. And then now we have surround sound because there's so many sockets that exist already. And we could control music from each room from here on the couch
0: the restaurant experience would be different the bar experience would be different your your meal at a restaurant would be different you could isolate sound and it it was it was a silly thought because the opportunity was there we didn't we didn't know we were just like oh maybe we should design a lamp there was a lamp close by with this pair of speakers so we went on to design the concept of the sound bulb like i said again it's lame now because there's a ton of it now but like It went all over like gizmodo picked it up and gadget picked it up a ton of blogs picked it up we got a lot of like press for that at that time uh, that's what landed me my first job at amazon was they're like oh you're the kid that (laughs) designed that sound bowl yeah so so creative
1: session was that platform for us to uh, because back then instagram didn't exist like instagram came out like what like 2010 2011 or something and uh, this website might not mean much to you guys, but to industrial design, uh, to the industrial design community, Yanko Design back then was like a, a, a pretty cool platform. Like if you if you uh, post a project online or send it around and it ends up on there, it's it's pretty cool. You get you get thousands and thousands of views, and then it ends up going on in Gadget, which was cool at that t- at the time. Um, yeah, because social media didn't exist, so we would just you know constantly like arnell was with us for a certain point back then we were we just had random ideas we would just draw them out whatever release them online remember the scent book at a certain point we were like uh maybe we should start a series called 30 second ideas or whatever and just start throwing out all the crazy ideas that we had um and this was in oh six oh seven. um and I think as industrial designers, we've, we've kind of done this so long that like everything we touch, we kind of judge it in a weird way or, 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 or see this life that's beyond it. So, so at that point, I, was, I just wa- I was coming home unlocking the door. I was like, man, what if, what if I'm coming home or walking to my buddy's house? and I just knocked on the door and his phone would ring. This is in 2007, and he's at the market. Like I, I was setting up a whole scenario of like, all right, you're gonna be in, in Safeway, this dude's gonna be recording you, I'm gonna walk up to the door, I'm gonna knock, and your phone, phone's gonna ring, uh, you're, you're at Safeway, you just swipe and then it unlocks for me super sick um and then i was thinking of all these accessories for like oh what if there's also a welcome mat if you're carrying groceries you just do like a foot swipe and like you know the little android pattern and and the door (laughs) and the door unlocks hands free um we we just had like a bunch of crazy ideas and i think creative session was a platform for us to be able to speak freely without anyone judging us
0: because instagram and things like that didn't exist back then
3: so you guys are at Playground yes we are. have playground
0: so last year we did the core 77 design awards um we because of creative session so through through a connection we did the core 77 design collab we were judges for that award um it's pretty prestigious within the design community we judged the product design um so because of that we were on their website and we're i feel like to be honest we're not really that big of a deal but because we were on that website one of the recruiters found us from Playground and was like, oh, these guys are uh, pretty cool dudes. They seem quite, uh, I Thank mean, they wish. have a good good following. That means they must be important if they're judging a product design, consumer <laughs> product design of 2016 or whatever. So they're like, let's bring them in. Um, but they've been emailing us for like months, like and we never reply. At least like eight, nine months. Because
1: we, we get a lot of emails <laughs> from recruiters. And it's like, oh, are you looking for, to leave your
0: company and join? Yeah. We never replied because we were both busy. I was I was principal at Matter. You were like lead designer at Astro, and they're like uh, we were loving our projects, Shinola, Samsungs um, of the world, and so we were sort of quite busy. And then one day, one of the lead designers at Playground came and cornered us at the yearly design show. You know, like San Francisco has an open studio where they do the design week, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo." read my email <laughs> <laughs> my know? mini emails Yeah. read my email in reply and he's like do you know who Andy Rubin is and I was like no idea so I go home and I search up who Andy Rubin is and so do you guys remember the sidekick way of back of course when, yes he invented the sidekick because he wanted to show the world what ui means so oh. it wasn't because oh, wow. he wanted that was a big side deal kick. Was sidekick yeah. it was, was a cultural it was a cultural icon cultural yeah. shifter he wanted to show what ui meant to oh. the world after that he sold that company and invented android then got bought out by google yeah. and no big deal he recently yes. left google to start playground and when mm-hmm. i read that on google i was like maybe i should have yeah.
3: uh, sure. uh, yeah. replied to this email nine months ago player.
0: i was like my bad dude he's like <laughs> yeah. uh my if bad. In I
1: tomorrow <laughs> he's like uh if you don't know andy rubin type it in google we typed yeah. it in i was like
0: playground global funded 300 million we're like wait a minute
3: yeah. <laughs> i was like
0: dude. our hundred thousand dollars thousand dollar a year consultancy company versus
3: this guy
4: (laughs) (laughs) so so how big was that team when you guys
0: came on so he started playground because there's opportunity in the bay Uh, a lot of venture capital uh, companies are popping up um uh they're called incubators um and it's like one part investment one part service technical service so like Lime Lab is an example there in San Francisco they do like investment and then engineer so they get you to a prototype what he saw was there's this like nice niche where people go through these systems like the Lime Lab and they're like they get to a prototype and they, they they can't manufacture they don't get on the shelves he's like dude I'm going to invest way more so you're saying we're talking about like hundreds of thousands versus where Playground is like, they're, in, they're, they're gonna get you to manufacture and production and onto the shelves. So he's like, I see that space, but I'm not just gonna provide engineering service I'm going to provide engineering service, electrical service, operation service, and design service. So that's that's where On uh, An and I came in. at. so we're like, all right, we'll be that arm of the company. So that's that's essentially where we're at today. Quick
2: question. So I, it's awesome that you guys have all these really cool ideas. I think a lot of the a lot of what people suffer from is they they have these amazing ideas, but they have no idea how to execute them. Tell us about how you got to a point to where you could actually execute your ideas because I think it's that obviously takes a lot of work especially for you guys. Um, and I think a lot of people will be curious as to how you guys, I mean, other than school, you know.
0: We use people. China,
1: <laughs> <laughs> manufacturers in China. <laughs> No real friends use everybody.
2: So even like like with the with the design programs that you guys use, you know, like like even anyone can download that program, maybe pirate it or something, and then try to play around in it. But they still don't have the basic, you know, fundamental design knowledge to to design like a beautiful product. Like, yeah. what kind of process do you guys go through when creating something?
0: Uh, there's I think there's a few aspects to this. I think there's the technical aspect, which is like heads down, hands on paper, pens on paper, uh, CAD produce something today we have 3d printers and CAD software to help you really dra- draft out your ideas and then there's also like we talked about earlier which is like guiding rules of pr- like principles in design um, you have to go through that sort of respect that process so it'd be easier to talk about a project than just talk about a process because it, it may process. be it may, yeah, you definitely need to respect the process. Yeah, know I think
3: that's a good one. I wanted to echo that, that's good. That's one of those tidbits. Mm-hmm. A
0: lot of like ideas are vulnerable as fuck in its earlier stage, like very vulnerable. Like you're too embarrassed to tell your friends because maybe it's not a great idea or you, you know, you have those friends that are always like, hey bro, I got an idea. Um, it's important to follow through, right? Like to be honest, any of your friends that say come up to you and say, hey, I have an idea. If any of those people follow through and actually produce those it'd be great so i i I think at the end of the day it's just like really follow
4: through and execute even if it's bad because you know what you've grown from it absolutely and it's so it's so frustrating to see that because everyone has ideas and nobody executes i mean people execute but very few people execute you know
2: people are just like afraid to fail yeah yeah it's
4: If you just try it and you fail, that's so much better than not trying it, I feel like. It's just but nobody wants to do it. You know, nobody wants to, you know, just like you're saying, put yourself out there. Somebody might say, oh, that's a stupid idea. You know, it's everyone's egos are at stake. And there's just so much that keeps people from doing those things.
2: I think it's safe to say that everyone in this room has so many failed ideas and and probably had like one or two really good ones, you know? (laughs) Not at all. No. All right. Thanks guys.
3: Kyle, our visual producer, says no.
0: Let's make one thing clear is that we continue to keep creative session as a conceptual space. Yeah. So Anna and I continue to make conceptual work. Not because we're incapable of producing. It's our only space to dream.
1: Our personal portfolio from an industrial design standpoint, I feel like we're we're gonna update our site soon with like all with all this stuff, but I feel like production wise we have a lot of products in the market like a lot of products okay. like a lot of produced things uh for for big companies yeah.
0: recently you work with shinola those things have came out
1: yeah so, uh, i'm not sure if you guys are familiar with yeah, shinola right. but um so prior to playground i was with astro studios which is a consultancy and i was with them for five to six years super cool design firm uh like super family to me but um At a consultancy, you you work with tons of brands from Microsoft to HP. I I probably worked with like 200 brands there, but Shinola was one of them. And uh, before I left, I worked with them to help launch just a bunch of like home goods, uh, home items, and because uh, they've always been kind of like a lifestyle. They started as a as a watch company, right? And initially, okay.
2: beautiful watches.
1: He created he pretty much created Fossil back in the days, um, in in like the 70s or something. And then he built it up for a while, and and sold it maybe like 10 years ago or something like that. And then and then he he's kind of like a fire starter guy who goes out and launches a bunch of companies, and Chennol is one of them. Um, Super fun, though, but uh, very exciting experience, I think, because uh, I'm very much a consumer electronic kind of like a cool Tech designer guy. I mean, that does sound really cool. Cool tech. Design, <laughs> it does. Yeah, it but, does. Um, mainly, we focus on a lot of electronics and gadgets and things like that. So, Shinola aesthetic-wise was
0: very different.
2: Didn't you work on the Kindle, one?
0: Yeah, uh, I said that earlier. Where the sound bulb gave me got me into Amazon. Um, so, with the sound bulb, uh, that gave me access to Amazon, and I was. One of the first four industrial designers at at the um, the office in Cupertino. Uh, at the time, they started a company called a uh, sister company called Lab One Twenty Six, um, and that's their sort of hardware side of Amazon, and that's where they produce the the Kindles and all the products you see today, like the Echo Dot and like the Dash series. Super cool. Amazon. As a tech company, as a hardware company, they're like four, five years old, maybe tops. So, I mean, if you're trying to compete with the apples of the world, it's it's very tough. I commend them because, dude, honestly, like for a company like Amazon to like launch a bunch of hardware products like the Echo, that's quite successful today.
4: Um, is awesome. It was, it was cool. It was really cool to be a part of that team. I mean, all those products you've named are, you know, most of the listeners probably know what they are. You know, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of designers that develop lots of great products, right. but not at that level of, of sort of recognition, you know. Here's a quick story about
0: Amazon, which I think um, was humbling for me, is uh, when I graduated and they... I presented my portfolio to the team Um, at CCA there was a college fair every year and I've never had success there so the last year I was like screw this I'm not gonna go because like it's usually like designers from popular consultancies or corporations that like want to take the day off and just like fuck around at uh, like a fair and just like not really pay attention so I was like it, it seems like I'm not into that vibe, and I was like, "Whatever, I'm not going to get a job anyway. So, like, why go show my portfolio?" Um, but I was already prepared. Um, take note, like, always be prepared. Um, but I was already prepared, so I was like, "Why? Why shouldn't I go?" So I, I went, um, and it was the end of the day. So I met with the guy that's now the VP of Design at Amazon. His name's Chris Green. Really cool guy. Um, he's British, which is like. I think there's a conspiracy here that all British designer men like run VP of design of all companies or something. Like Johnny Ives is British. Um, super cool guy. Yeah, it's an accent. I'm gonna pick up with that accent. Um, anyways, I showed them my portfolio. They're like, dude, like, I, you did the sound, Well that's dope. You should come in for an interview. And I did. Um, stupidly, I came in and they're like, dude, you don't need to show me your work like we're gonna hire you today. Like how much do you want? Wow, and Here's the thing guys is I learned that industrial design or design in general is a teamwork effort Like mm-hmm. it's always a collaborative effort. You're not the sole Designer you're not the sole person that's carrying this weight of like inventing something new like there's always a team and I was misguided at the time and I was like, man, I have to design the next Kindle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do this. So I was like, hey, can I just intern with you? (laughs) I don't want to take
1: the job. What if I fucked up? I to- I totally remember this, too, because yeah. I-, I still had a semester left, and um, this was in, like, 08, 09, when the recession was hitting, and, like, a lot of design firms and studios were laying designers off, yeah. so it was a super critical it was, time.
0: It was a scary moment, right? Uh, we're like, companies are shutting down, you guys want to hire me to design the next Kindle. And then this guy's, like, uh, AOB, like...
1: Nothing. dude I, what if I Amazon I, shuts down I, I, next year no but still, uh, he, he was like man I don't I don't
0: know if I could handle designing a Kindle because yep. he thought
1: like yeah. he there's whole the thing. there's
0: this huge fear but yeah it's not so what Evan's what you're saying is, is like I've listed a lot of products but it, it was a team effort there was there's there was a lot of work that I listed what, that was driven by aesthetics that I designed. Like I could claim it's in my portfolio, but I definitely have to like give credit to the team at Amazon. There's there's people that like inspired me that helped me get to those aesthetics, which is, I think is the design process, the, the business process, the entrepreneurial process is always collaborative. Like you need to evolve and listen to people, listen to feedback um, or else your product is... It's gonna be inspired by you alone.
1: And I really think that moving forward, I, I, I haven't really spoken with with Wang about this, but I know he'll probably agree. <laughs> but um, I, I think like, like commercial wise, we have tons of products like
3: mm-hmm.
1: Nike Fuel Band, Amazon stuff, Bose headphones, like all of these products. But like, what can we do with Creative Session to just provoke thought and just push industrial design on a deeper, more emotional level? Um, and I think like back then we were working with like schools in Costa Rica and Mexico, uh, different parts of the South and um, coming up with a bunch of different projects, but like one of the students came up to me and was like, uh, you, you know, like my 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 grandfather is a super heavy smoker and I'm super close to him, but, but I'm afraid he's gonna get lung cancer because he smokes so much like packs a day. Like how can I use design to really um affect him and affect him uh, affect him and the way he he uh, uh, uh the way he he smokes or or whatever so mm-hmm. so he could change uh change his lifestyle and how how he mm-hmm. smokes or whatever mm-hmm. um because c- we were pretty much running workshops teaching these students that they could use design to influence like mm-hmm. the world around them so i was like oh you know like one one way is to what if you created an ashtray that is also a picture frame or something like at the bottom like every Mm -hmm. time he comes up to ash he sees the picture of his grandchild and he's like maybe I shouldn't smoke or something you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe and one student wanted to do jewelry um, but she was, uh, and then also very passionate about like human sex trafficking and, and like um, and like illegal mining of diamonds and things like that. Uh, so we were making jewelry that like maybe instead of diamonds you use pebbles that are picked at Sierra Leone or like different mm-hmm. or p- places where they mine diamonds. And instead of wearing a, a band that has a real diamond it has this rock from the place that they mine this diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, this speaks volumes like mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. you're wearing this product that if you're sitting in a room and f- five people are wearing diamond rings and you have this one with a pebble that's from that location mm-hmm. it really provokes like a deeper level of thinking mm-hmm. yeah so so i think moving forward with creative session like sure i would like to post more brand name commercial products just just to have them like just a document but i would like to create products that hold a deeper meaning like Tumblr feeds and Instagram feeds are full of just a lot of like, mindless, pretty. Uh, what is that? Uh, um, aesthetic. Uh, cultural beautifier product. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. maybe we need more things that uh, that
2: change. That's
1: huh? very true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, hypotheticals. That hypothetical. So
3: cool.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the hypothetical? We're
3: gonna provide some value right now by asking you a hypothetical question.
4: So yeah, I, I had one prepared for you guys, but. Had another one. See, like, I try to make it tie into whatever's going on. And for the past hour, I've been staring at various animals <laughs> on this planet Earth, too, that we're watching um, on the big screen. So, because I'm looking at all these animals, I think we should do an animal-related one. This would be asked of each of you. Obviously, you have different answers. Um, but the the question is. Is if you ha- if your goal is to enslave the race of man,
3: <laughs> we went from empathy and value to hey, whoa. We're gonna throw everything the, you said the to the only, side.
4: <laughs> the only tie in here is the animals, but I've been staring at animals, so I'm like, okay, we're in these animals. But um, and you get a pick. So so the goal is to enslave the race of man, and you get to pick three animal families. And when I say you know I'm no animal biologist or studier of animals. Zoologist. Exactly, zoologist. Thank you, Derek. Um, but, you know, when I say families, you know, so if it's like cats, it would be, you know, all the lions, all the jaguars, mm. all the tabby cats, everything out there that cats. is,
3: that is a cat, right?
4: <laughs> Gotta have the tabbies. Um, if you say bees, right, it's bees, hornets, yellow jackets, cetera, if you say, you know. So all of the, the families. And you get to pick three families, and the animals all they can do whatever they can physically do uh, you know in their in their animal forms and um the quantities are the actual amount that live currently on the earth so the question is which three families would you pick for for those purposes they're essentially bent to your will so whatever you want them to do they will do to the abilities that that animal actually can right so they can't do they can't have super you know super strong thinking if they can't think that way as that animal. Am
3: I the only one who's seeing, like, EPMD as animals right
4: now? We're about to take the planet back!
2: <laughs>
4: I like that tie-in. Yeah. So, yeah. That's I know, you know, it might take some time. to take thing tough. Of and, of tough time. and in the meantime, let's watch this, this yellow feathered bird hopping around in the grass.
3: <laughs> For those people listening at home or on the way to work or wherever you're listening to the ADAPT podcast, <laughs> at the studio we have a huge screen, and on that screen... We have what is this? Planet, uh, Earth Planet Earth Two playing, and just so happens to be lots of animals in the studio right now. So,
2: if you guys ever have a chance? BBC Earth, check it out; it's
3: amazing. Or check out the adaptpodcast and our Instagram for more shots. I'm trying to give I'm well, trying to give you guys time to think of your answer because that was a long one.
2: It's a lot of things.
4: Yeah, it does. It does require some thought.
3: Time's so. up. Pick your three. I give up.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Are you essentially saying, if I want to conquer man...
4: Right, right. And I'm not saying that it can actually be done animals. with three. Right. I'm just saying, if you want to get as close as you can, which ones would you use? And why? And why?
2: And how? Ooh, I know my three.
4: Wait, so we have obedient <laughs> humans. <laughs> Sitting around waiting to be ordered. So what it is is you're kind of like a mad scientist. <laughs> the kind of. hypothetical ever?
3: I don't think yeah. if, by by definition enslaving them probably means like they're not just chilling waiting. It means like I that think I want to oh, okay. be. I want to.
4: You want to just take. You know. You want to be supreme dictator, monarch, trying whatever. To the word, they're trying maybe. to figure out
2: how they can design their way out of this. I know.
4: You're like, how can we use design? <laughs>
0: Which animal can I design? (laughs) (laughs) What about
4: the liger?
2: Yes. Mm.
4: (laughs) Thanks, Napoleon. It's that that industrial design, you know, combining (laughs) the best of all worlds. And
2: adapting things.
4: Everything ties together. Mm -hmm. I would say the orca.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's nice.
4: For the sea. Okay. For the land. For land so 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 really though, when you say orca, you <laughs> get it, you can say whales, so it says all of the
3: but an orca is all not a whale, whales.
4: yes, all, all of the whales, the killers. That's a good one, all because of the whales, they're all smart the whales. and they're large, they large, well, many of them are large, larger than all humans, <laughs> <It's
2: laughs> all So any you got the water
4: locked down with the orcas,
1: that's that, good.
2: Okay,
1: at, at first, I was gonna say a dolphin, but I was like, things too nice. What
2: the? <laughs> <laughs> they, they save people. They're friends. really, yeah, they're, they're really
3: smart. They save humans. What are,
4: what are the, are they? I'm playing the long game. So the water, <laughs> the water level's rising a meter a year. One day, it's, it's gonna, be like gonna be like Water World's gonna pretty soon. It's Gone. True.
3: <laughs> oh I think God. I'll take over. What is uh, that? That was an orca, obviously. <laughs> is that the sound of an orca? <laughs> you guys <laughs> never heard of orca? <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, you guys, name it three. I'm a, go.
3: I'm not a big animal. fan. Toss it out.
0: My dog Bentley.
2: That's his dog. Oh, you
3: got a really cute dog, by the way. Is that yeah. the one from your Instagram? Yeah. A really cute dog, Thanks, sir.
4: <laughs> his name's Bentley. He's a dick, though. <laughs> I dig that name, though. Yeah. That's, that's good. It's really I just feel like maybe the gorilla, the original man. Mm. Oh. Because mm. mm. he's so bulky. And spot. that would be all of the, all just turn, of the gorilla leg chimpanzees. Yeah, And you got your... Yep. What are the other that, ones? That whole is it just umbrella. The <laughs> whole umbrella of monkeys. Orangutan tangs? Tans?
2: Yeah. That's a good one. Okay, so good we, one. We got orca, we got monkeys or gorillas.
4: Maybe we'll get three from you guys combined since you, yeah. you know, collaborate. I'm trying to think what my favorite animal is. What <laughs> <laughs> dogs, nice. man? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot just of dogs. Killing with you you know,
2: goodness. Dogs really do hold a lot of power over people. That's what people. I'm saying. And they're, yeah, and yeah, they're yeah, smart. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And they're True. smart. They're very smart. They're one of the only
3: animals that can read. Emotion off of a human's facial expression.
2: I was gonna see I was gonna say those
4: What were you gonna say
2: those those insects that like lay eggs and something and they control the the mind? Oh, yeah, 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 Yeah. um, all
4: those yeah, all those parasitic. Yes, there's a really good uh, radio lab Podcast about those. Oh.
1: I was I was gonna say ants at first because I but so many animals. of them.
4: Yeah, like you, do the animals? No, ants, they, ants is ants oh, is a good one. That's that's probably they one take of mine. over like an elephant. Yeah,
2: yeah. we've and seen it. And there's just so many.
3: <laughs> Look at there's one right there. Yeah. or is that? Yeah, yeah. We're actually
4: looking at ants currently. That's yeah. that's, that's why
2: uh, we're bad about them.
3: Yeah. So I was gonna go with plankton in the ocean. Just to like really geek out because plankton controls seventy percent of the oxygen that's produced on the planet. You can't breathe. You can't fight. My dad taught me that. Can't breathe. You can't fight. What's up, dad? What's up, mom? Shout Shout out. out. Um, I'm going with the plankton. Derek's always one step ahead. I'm going with the plankton. And there's not enough Plankton and only meaningful. plankton That's you, all I need, bro decided, no. That's all I need Right at this very moment And we're gonna team up I'm gonna borrow the orcas The orcas
4: orca, <laughs> the orca still could survive Yeah, I don't think any of us Know enough about us
3: <laughs> Do we have to have our, our Animals fight each other now? Oh.
4: Animal battles Well, after all the humans Are enslaved I
3: guess they
0: could Battle it out after that, Where would all the humans go? They'd go on like <laughs> one One continent just They couldn't huge, go in the sea gang They're not oh, Walking the around sea The sea
4: is locked
3: Well, this, um has been a very awesome hypothetical.
2: It's been very collaborative.
4: Yeah, this is, and I think that's the whole theme of this show: mm-hmm. working it's together, building off of ideas, and making things greater.
2: Mhm. Thank you guys so much for coming. Before we, um before we close out, why don't you let everybody know where to find you guys on social media, websites, all that good stuff.
1: At uh, Creative Session. Instagram at Creative Session.
2: <laughs>
0: Twitter. Creative Session, all one word. On Twitter, Instagram, same. it's the same uh, website is Creative Session.com. Uh, <laughs> and I have a personal blog at Hobo.life.
4: Check me out.
3: The Hobo Life Shout Hobo out. Life.
2: Sick. All right. And then Dang. Evan, Evan tell them where to find me. Yeah.
4: So you can, of course, find the Adapt Podcast at Instagram at Adapt Podcast. Twitter at adapt underscore podcast and of course the episodes can be downloaded via iTunes the adapt podcast and uh, the adaptpodcast.com uh, and for myself Ev- at Evan Lesler on Instagram and at adapt on Instagram
2: I am Arnell on Instagram that's A-R-N-E-L-L-E Arnell Lozada on Twitter A-R-N-E-L-L-E L-O-Z-A-D-A and my blog is thisbeautifullife.com, and beautiful and life, share the L.
3: You can find me at Derek, D-E-R-E-K-D, Waterman, everywhere. And I just want to reiterate the shout-out to my mom. I love you, Mom. She listens to every episode, guys. Aw, love, love you, Mrs. Dedication. Waterman. What's up, Mom? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: well, thank you guys so much for coming. It's been yeah, awesome sure. having you on. Yeah, very insightful. Thanks for having us. And as always, we hope that you'll find the possibilities are endless should you only be willing to adapt. I'm Batman. <laughs> Hi. Mic drop.